This is PBE Daily Early Mornings and Late Night Podcast. My name is Point Blank Yvombi. Thank you for taking the time to join me on yet another episode. Granted, I have taken a break from making uh, episodes in the last couple of days, but I, give, I guarantee it's with good reason. I only fall off the face of the earth when I have to create something outside of my audio production. It's something that is very, very important to me that being from a position of integrity is very, very important when it comes to the work I create on podcasts and on my actual nine to five and my side hustles. So the last couple of days had evening meetings and sometimes I record in the evening and in the morning by the time I wake up, I'm sometimes super fatigued. So I just get myself ready for work and rush to the office so I can make sure that happens in the perfect way. And I I have to admit the last, the better part of the last two months have been very fulfilling for me, I have to say. And to reach a position where even when you put something together in the office, you're super happy by the time you're leaving on the Fridays. Like all my Fridays have been a success in regards to everything I wanted to achieve. I've done it and then some. And as a result, sometimes the one thing that tends to suffer is the podcast. So I assure you, I come from a good place when I return to you every time I make another episode come to life. And this particular episode, I have to give it a a special shout out to William Kabue, my main man from the VBB crew. William Kabue is a person who came up with this grand idea of having great experiences outside of the confines that is our venture capitalism as far as trying to find nine to five successes. And when I first met William, it was off of him curating a show that the the artists who are playing are my favorite DJs. And when we got to talking, I ended up joining this group and the group has always been a part of this rebellious uh, agenda to better understand being young, African and free. And with everything he does with himself and the more we get to talking to each other, he keeps on giving me gems that I never really thought I'd experience the, the world the way he does. And he's one of the reasons why I actually renewed my passport because Outside of this coronavirus being outside being, and making it damn near impossible for us to go into different parts of the world, of which we'll address that later. I'm grateful for the fact that I've, I'm meeting people as I'm getting older. I'm meeting people who are more driven towards experiences and driven towards making life more abundant in how open our eyes are to what could come to be and what could possibly exist. And... This episode is dedicated to him for even out of meeting in under 24 hours since the first time we met, making it possible for me to be comfortable enough to speak my mind and speak my curiosities. And he's been a big supporter of this podcast and I can't thank him enough for making himself available to me whenever I need somebody to bounce ideas off of. So this one's for you, bro. And my honoring him with this episode actually makes me think of this one thing that has always been a topic I put on the back burner and I first touched on it in conversation with a friend on Sunday this past week and it was after success what what comes next and in my case I can literally say the conversation I had with this friend was she told me how I always look at things from a warrior's perspective now granted I've never really held a firearm I don't know how to do any form of martial arts but mentally i've always had a curiosity for very physical sports like i love boxing i love rugby but i never really played these sports because 
of an injury I had when I was three years old. And my mom had a fright of anything that would involve me having my head crash against any other head because I had a head injury at that time. Thank heavens I survived it and I was able to become a fully grown adult, not having any uh, deformities or uh, any form of handicap. And I'm sure psychiatrists would actually think of that in a different way, but we're not going to touch on that part of it. <laughs> okay. So in regards to how I look at the things I create in art, how I look at the things I create on stage when I'm rocking a party or I'm hosting a party or how I even conducted myself during my rap battle days, I'm always in the mind space of a warrior in the sense of you take yourself to the front line, blade in hand, shield in hand, and as a Spartan would, you take out any person and defend the person right next to you because you are your brother's shield. And in regards to my brother, I'd say it's a person who actually thinks the way I think and wants to succeed the way I want to succeed. But to each his own in regards to what they deem as success, right? In my case, I've always thought about the process to getting to the finish line, but I never think about what I'll do after the finish line. It actually led to the idea that I used as the visual for this episode, and that's the image of Robert Baratheon. Robert Baratheon is a character from uh, the books and TV series Game of Thrones. He is this gentleman who, out of revenge, took out the heir to the Iron Throne, and upon the Iron Throne being vacant, because he was the leader of this revolt against the King of the Seven Kingdoms, he ended up becoming king. The sad situation is he never really wanted to be king. He just wanted to avenge the love of his life. And his closest friend, who is introduced to us in the first book and in the first episode of the series, is this gentleman known as Eddard Stark. They grew up together. And Eddard Stark was the third-born son of the king in the north and the lord of the north. And his older brothers and his father were murdered by the Mad King. So he had his own vengeful agenda because even the, the bride-to-be to his brother was the sister to Eddard and even she lost her life. Though there's a tangled web within the story itself, which I would encourage you to either read the book or watch the show, he wasn't ready to become the king in the north or the lord of the north. And as a result... He too is suffering circumstances of success has been attained. Okay, now what do I do? I wasn't prepared for this job. And I romanticize that idea so much because I always think about um, the different uh, kings of England who never really wanted to be king but ended up becoming king. And it's the case of King George V and King George VI. They were both second-borns who were never supposed to actually inherit the throne but they ended up inheriting the throne because the first-borns kind of dropped the ball. And when I think about that, sometimes you're ill-prepared for the responsibilities you'll have thereafter. I try as much as possible to prepare myself in every way, shape, and form for the end results that would actually be attained. But I don't think I really wrap my head around the responsibilities that will come the moment you succeed in making it past that point. That's, I think, one of my biggest failures. I don't know how to function after the success of it all. Because even when it comes to my creative process, like let's say I have a three, four week period where I'm just hammering out creative material. I'm hammering out creative material. By the time it gets to the, to the period of me now having achieved the goal, the check is in, it's cleared, I'm relaxing. Yes, I'll probably take myself out to dinner. 
a proper solo act. I'll take myself out to dinner, have a meal, sit down and just reflect on the amazing journey that was the beginning of the job all the way to the finish. And then after that, sometimes my mind literally just goes on a go slow. It slows down completely. It grinds to a halt because it's trying to rejuvenate itself into the creative path again. And trying to explain that to a person in business is normally very, very difficult. And one of the reasons why it's difficult is this. When you want to make creative material come to life, you really hope that you are freed from the responsibility of having to understand the laws that govern that which is the creative process. You want to have the freedom of having to do the negotiation required in order to get the work done. And in the current state of mind that we exist in, it sucks that you have to be the person who creates the work. You have to be the person who markets the work. You have to be the person who... uh, encourages more people to make the work come to life and also you have to be your own life coach and support system to make sure the work continues being put forward and having all these responsibilities sometimes it's just overbearing and the reason it's overbearing is because of something that i realized that could be the actual path i take after my successes come to fruition which is i think my purpose is not only to make great work come to life but to be the sounding board for those who come after me and i say that because i don't think in any way shape or form i've had the perfect role model in regards to the curiosities i have entertainment wise in my personal opinion i've i was lucky in regards to when i was born and the upbringing I've had from the global influences that I have consumed thanks to the internet and outside of the backbone I had at home. Let me try to put that in perspective for you. Apologies, my sniffles are acting up for some reason. Uh, my home, when I grew, I grew up, my mom and pop were very much about you understanding religion in order for religion to be the way you see the world and journey into the world religion was basically my helping to make sure i knew right and wrong and the differences therein after religion did its job the next place i went was education education was supposed to help me navigate that which is being able to function in the world and be a uh, a provider for not only myself but those who would come there after me or my siblings as well Now, the religion was actually to help me make sure that I don't do anything that would be in any way swindling the next man. Education was to make sure that I could actually navigate the space and be able to read through that which needs to be read through and to be in a fair shake position with the work that needs to be done. Now, thereafter, when you get to the creative process of finding your your purpose and finding your talents, I think with the two pillars I had before, the education and the religion, I was to then find my own translation of how to use my craft to be a tool to pass this information forward. And in my journey as an artist, I have been lucky in that when I was 19 years old, the people who were curious enough about my art to want to sit down and talk to me, all these people were older than me. When I was 19, I was in the company of people in their 30s, and they were beginning to find their Pan-African understanding of the of not only the history of the country, they were more curious about the intelligence and the intellectual wit and grit of the continent and that which has been lost for uh, from us for years, the fact that we cannot tell our history past 
the 1800s, which is painful to actually say out loud because countries like, say, Japan can trace their history thousands of years back. We can't even trace 200 years back and beyond. Um, I'm sure in West Africa, there's actually countries that have through their clans and different uh, royal families that existed in the past, they have documented material that tells them the stories of their past. We, Our stories tend to disappear with our grandparents and there's no one who really interviews them because, say for example, in my case, my, my cousins are actually making a, a great attempt to curate our mother tongue in regards to the Suba language. The Suba language is very close to Baganda and very close to the Korea language and I can barely speak it. For example, like the one word I know is a word of greeting. I don't even know what it really means in greeting, but it's orimulamu. I I know the, how to say it, but I don't really know what it means. Uh, I've heard my pap talking to his, his uh, siblings and talking to uh, uh, some uncles of ours, and it gets to a certain point. He just says the words geza geza. I don't know if it, if it means that everything is well. I I have no idea. But because I was around these people who were older than me and they wanted to make sure that the continent has a person who would be the voice of that which they are and they said I was very vocal visually with the art I drew I always encouraged myself to be the person who through my art I could actually have the responsibility of making sure people took pride in being black and took pride in being Kenyan and took pride in being African and I see that as one of the ventures that I took to better my craft and it's reached a point where sometimes and I don't mean this in a bad way I find it sometimes hard to illustrate uh, Caucasian faces I find it so much easier to draw African faces because it's the main realm in which I succeed and it's the main realm in which I make my bread and butter I've never had to change the way I draw but even the new ventures that I'm creating and some of the books that are coming out this year I will be drawing faces of different ethnicities and different cultures to pass and to boot and when I think about that responsibility that was handed to me when I was 19, 20, 21 it still plays a part in how I do my creations like even to get to the level where I'm actually making a podcast about the process of my everyday journey learning and creating as I go I feel more and more that my purpose after my grind to make great ideas come to life from the film I've been working on to the comic books I intend to release thereafter and the ones that I'm currently taking care of making sure that they're all legally safe and all that. My purpose after my great war is succeeded is to be the bouncing board and the encouraging factor for those who come after me in regards to wanting to create their own material and I think my main message would probably be the art of patience and and when I say patience, I mean, don't worry about the result. Care more about the process so you could constantly make that happen again and again. We are in a world where everybody wants to see numbers as quickly as the first time they put something out. And it's not really the case. For example, my other podcast, which also suffers in, in results of me wanting to make sure I come from an objective place when I speak on that podcast, I don't want to be the person who just regurgitates or just releases material without actually having a true form of perspective. So even if it doesn't have the numbers you'd wish to have as quickly as you as 
everybody else expects it to. I'm here for the entire process. I'm here for the whole nine yards. And because I'm here for the whole nine yards, I'm not discouraged when I don't see the kind of numbers I'd enjoy. Because I know certain people will get to certain things much, much later. But as long as it exists and it's done right, then the game gets better. And that's the only thing I really care about, to be honest. I just want something to be done right. That's the, one of the few times I'd use the word just. I literally want everything I create after the fact, no matter how many years after when people come across it, I want people to listen or visualize what I'm, 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 I'm putting out and realize it came from a true place. It had a genuine agenda and the agenda was to make a story happen or to make a narrative happen or put out an argument and have proper conclusions thereafter. You cannot constantly put things out for the sake of putting them out. It's why I feel the world of advertising in my country has really suffered because when you reach a level where everybody expects things to be done in one specific way and they're not scared of trying them and they're scared of trying new things because they think trying new things would actually just end up hurting them. It kind of beats the purpose to be honest because I think the products that they're trying to market end up suffering and as a result nothing of true value is put forward now granted i'm sure in some way shape or form i've actually contributed to this problem because even in the stuff i create i'm reserved to exactly what the client wants but i always try to give a small degree of back and forth without being too overbearing to the person who actually owns the idea i try as much as possible to be from a respectful place advise on what i feel should be done and no, it's not the perfect way to be in the capitalist world, but then again, to be capitalistic and to be successful in that capitalism journey, it requires and demands true patience, to be honest. And I'm a patient man, and my patience is also born from the fact that I don't try to pitch to most people to join my bandwagon. The few I've been able to get to join my bandwagon so far have served such a great purpose, I don't think they need any more help. Until we complete making things come to fruition and make sense, everybody else will have to fall in line. And to some who have actually tried to get into business with me and had me say no, I assure you, I'm not saying no because I don't want to work with you. It's simply because as it stands, there's so much to be taken care of. And until I reach a level where I can actually have the capacity and even the people around me who could actually even make my capacity even faster, I would hate to be the person who claims to be the best and fall short every time I say that. I hope to do great things. And by my hope being so close and near and dear to me, I also hope to, after I succeed in these great things that I hope to do, I'd like to be able to advise accordingly and from a true place. The painful thing about most times when I hear people speak of success, it comes from people who are showing me the, the receipts of success and not the process they're in. And I've never liked that about people who claim to be motivational speakers or people who claim to be the encouraging soundboard for the young who want to succeed. You showing me a flashy car truly does nothing for me. But you showing me how to potentially make enough success to see if maybe you want to get a flashy car there I can actually find value in what you tell me. So for the continent of Africa, I think I'll play my part in this small corner of ours called Kenya. And if that which I create thereafter, when I get to the point where I say I've succeeded, I am successful, this is what I'm going to do after I succeed, I want to be conscious of how I get there 
and also conscious after I've surpassed that which is the goal. So say it with me. Be Caesar or be nothing at all. Thank you for your support. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for taking the time to even get me to speak on the things I want to speak on. And above and beyond, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share a journey that gets better and better as I go. Until next time. Uno.